2: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the week 17 edition of the absolutely epic early week podcast. As you can tell, I am not JM. He is currently traveling and this is not early week. Again, we, with the holidays and everything, we kind of fudge things up and we'll get into you a little later, but it works out better because there's a lot of things we had to wait for until Wednesday night we really know what was going on this week, uh, which we'll get into. We've, we're joined here by Bobby Fye, as always. And Christopher Glossy, who is taking over for JM and I think basically being me while well, I'm doing a terrible version of JM.
3: Yeah, I'm so. not taking over for JM. You're taking over for JM. I'm becoming you, which isn't a stretch for me. So the show's pretty much the same.
4: Yeah, yeah, we need like a, we need like a clap track when we announce Colosi's back on, like like on or something. We need we need we have to figure out some some way to get some
1: sort of clap track in there. There we go.
4: <laughs> um,
2: also, guys, if you're listening to this right now and you don't want to listen to 15 minutes of banter before we get started, just fast forward, like always. It's it's pretty much what I was going to have. Colosi, how was this last week? How's NFL treating you? How was the holidays? You got any weird any weird things to talk about? I don't have any weird
3: stories. I uh, last week was good from a standpoint. First, of all, I just want to say I love doing podcasts because I find that when you don't have to worry about what you're doing with your face, and you don't necessarily have to speak loud, and you can put a microphone and say things that are kind of like you get more uh, more nuance in your jokes and what have you. So I'm very excited to be doing this with both of you guys. But yeah, I realized
2: a- so many different weird things I do with my face throughout like the first six months on Grinders Live that I just completely stopped watching my own shows because I don't want to know what my face is doing.
3: <laughs> right. And you have to speak louder and uh, and like real audible. You can't, you can't say things like, uh-uh, you're an idiot. Like that would never get picked up. You know what I mean? <laughs> but anyway, not the question you asked me. The question you asked me was how I did. Um, the week that we did the show together, all three of us, which again, I had a great time. Um, I did well that week. Cause I, I, I you know, I, I crush it that week. That was a very good week. for me. Last week. And eh, right in the middle of the road, I will say this though, man, I've said it so many times. Show me the guy that's supposed to be super-duper popular, and I'll tell you the guy that I want no interest in because I did play Zeke Elliott and hated myself for doing it because he was over – in my opinion, he should have been like 20%, 25% owned last week, but because of the hype, he bumped up to 37 And And the minute you get a guy that's getting an artificial hype bump, I don't care if he does well or not, I should have been off him. That's how I play my tournaments.
2: I did not I think paying the- people were going to be on him. I was planning on – like I was just playing because all right, he's a decent play. I didn't pay attention to any ownership, which is why I got Gurley at a fairly low ownership considering, and I just had him everywhere because I'm like, I, I don't think he's going to be heavily owned. I don't, and he's
4: a good play. Well, that worked out well for you this week. Uh, yeah, 55 fantasy points. You can't really argue with that one. Uh, And I totally agree with Colosi. You find me a guy who's going to be some sort of chalk, even necessary or unnecessary, I'm going to try and find a way to fade him no matter what. I might end up playing him, but my first instinct as a tournament player, like Colosi and I are at least, uh, we are going to look for a way to fade that. So we're going to get into some interesting conversations in a really, really weird weird week here.
3: See, The thing is, is is that, see, what I'm talking about is if he was just going to be the 20, 25% owned that I feel like he should have been owned, then I'm okay playing. It sounds so weird because at the end of the day, he didn't have that great a game. You either to play him or you don't. What's the difference in like 12% or what have you and yada, yada, yada. But I think it's all the difference in the world. And it's one of those things where because they were talking about it all day long, right, on on the NFL network, 200 yards and this and that, and you got to lock him in. No matter what, good play or bad play, he's going to be owned more than he otherwise would be if everyone and their mother wasn't talking about him. And that's why I think you fade him. You follow what I'm saying?
4: Absolutely.
2: Completely agree with you. I stopped listening to things after about Thursday. I did not pay attention to anything after Thursday. Just checked injuries and that was it. And that's, I, 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 talk, I talked with JM on Saturday and I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm going to send you a list of players. Can you tell me if I'm off on anything? I haven't looked at things in two days. And he's like, why are you doing this? Every time you change it, it screws you. You screw yourself. So just don't change a thing. And I didn't. It worked out great. I was right on pretty much every count except for Robert Woods which the difference between him and Cooper cup, which was the thing I was kind of figuring out over on FanDuel cost me about 25 grand.
4: Oh, oh man, that's brutal. But hence the, hence the idea of the Epic early week podcast is that we want to get our thoughts out there before we, uh, we have all the information and just sort of our, what our instinctual, our nat- whatever, whatever draws us naturally to what our plays are. And uh, it's really interesting to go through on Monday nights. Obviously we're doing it a little later this week, but, it feels like a Monday night because there is still a lot left to be known. We did get some information today, but it's going to be a wild week, so I'm excited to do this.
2: Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, I guess I since, I don't know, how long have we been recording? When did we start this? I don't know. I guess we can just get started. I should probably give my weekly rant. Uh, I was talking closely about this. Every time I'm around my family for the holidays, It's just, weird stuff gets talked about. I won't get into all of it, because... I
3: think I'm, that's an understatement, <laughs> considering the story you told me, but continue.
2: So this is not one of the weirder ones. This is just the one that I feel like they would be... The
3: tame ones? This is one of the more tame ones? More tame ones?
2: <laughs> I mean, we... Uh, yeah, pretty much. So we were sitting around talking about cremation and what we did with my grandparents. Like you what, do on Christmas. Yeah, everyone. I mean, and we all decided that I'm going to die first, because... My parents think I'm the most unhealthy person in the world, which is a little far off, but not terribly. And what we decided on is I'm going to get my cremation ashes put into pills and have my mom walk around at bars and at the funeral and put into drinks. And it'll be on there for my dying wish so no one can get angry at her. We decided we couldn't do my dad because he he just he seems like a guy that if, if he did that, then everyone would immediately call the cops on him. But my mom's a real sweetheart and she probably wouldn't get the cops called on. And her response was, well, if anyone says anything, I'm just going to say my son was inside of you, was one of the random thoughts there. (laughs) And this is just a random conversation that we have at Christmas. Uh, So I I wouldn't actually do that, probably, maybe. I mean, I might put it on my list. I really doubt my parents would go through with it. Um, Maybe one of my dumb, dumb brothers, but... Yeah. It's not going to happen. You don't have to worry about um, drinking me, but it was just what I really want done with my ashes. Just because I think it would be hilarious after death and no one can prosecute a dead person.
3: Dying requests. You gotta, I mean, I've got a bit that I used to do when I did stand up more about like, what do you do when someone has like a, like their dying request? They're it's their, they're going to die. And in the joke I go like, what if one of my gay friends like I'm not gay? What if one of my gay friends is like I just I wanna I wanna be with you? So it's my dying I'm dying. I'm dying. You're my dying wish. It's like I think I'm gonna have to make out with this guy. I
4: yeah <laughs> but, uh, I don't wanna be a jerk. Yeah, if it's your dying wish. I mean I think all bets are sort of off the table and you sort of throw everything uh to the wind. I mean I I know for, Yeah, I mean what are you what are you gonna do? It's your it's your friend, it's their dying wish. What are you gonna say?
2: I mean, I yeah, I just think of like, that would be my – like, if I'm on a plane that's going down um, and someone's next to me, like, that's the immediately thing. Like, if a plane's going down you have three minutes, what are you going to do? I'm going to try and hook up with anyone near me just to get the focus off of crashing. Um, <laughs> it, it just seems like the logical thing to do. I mean, at least <laughs> – you can literally go out with a bang. I mean, it's going to make other people uncomfortable, but they're already, you're getting their mind off of crashing. It just makes more sense that way. <laughs>
4: I'm with you, man. That's All, you. All
2: right. In any case, I think we're probably around the 10 minute mark. We normally go through before we actually start talking about things. I, but,
3: I, I just said, if, my, if <laughs> I just said, I'd make out with my guy friend if he was dying. So there we go. We got a good, we got a good, uh, we got a good show.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, all right, so let's get to the first topic here. We go through eight topics, we talk about them. These aren't really just exact fancy player relevance. It's more figuring out situations, which I think this week is more important than any because, like, you can say good players, bad players, but you need to know the risks and the possibilities with each of them just because, like, a lot of these will become great tournament plays or terrible tournament plays based on ownership because of what's going to happen. But we'll start off first Question is low price wide receivers. This may just me, be me that loved him, and I could be on a boat alone. But Parker, ten plus targets the last two weeks. He's he did bad for weeks based on the fact that they had tough matchups and that they had like a weird scenario with Matt Moore in there, both Cutler in there. He loves him. He's loved him throughout the entire season. I believe he's forty four hundred on DraftKings, and he should get ten targets here if he's healthy. He can obviously crush value there. Roger Lewis over on the Giants has three straight weeks of 10 targets, but hasn't really done a whole lot with him. And Godwin, if Jackson doesn't play, he obviously is getting a little bit more involved in that offense. And he's someone that Winston likes. And with Evans going up against Lattimore, that's going to kind of focus a few more targets his way, or even Humphrey's way becomes a pretty decent play because they're not really playing to make the playoffs, but they have a chance to knock whoever it is. I think New Orleans – out from the division lead in this. So there's always a little bit of pride that goes into that. So, Bobby, any of these three guys really pique your interest, or do you have another low-priced wide receiver that you like?
4: I love the idea. I played a a million percent of Parker last week, and I played pretty much a million and a half percent of Lewis. The problem is the targets were there. I'm really worried about Parker's ankle. Uh, He wasn't quite right, and that was pretty clear. But I still think that that price makes him, with those targets, extremely valuable. Assuming, of course, he does play. He does have a Q tag next to his name because he's limited at practice. But I'm assuming he's going to play. I, uh, the guy who I'm leaning the most towards isn't anybody you mentioned. I do think Lewis makes for uh, an excellent play as well against that Washington Redskin secondary, which is actually a little bit overrated. And we don't exactly know what they're going to do this week coming up. We'll probably find out more by the time people hear this podcast. But... I think that the guy I'm most interested in at the low tier is as of this moment, Dotson, uh, in that same game on the other side, but I don't mind putting Lewis and Dotson on other sides and then you can pretty much do what you want. Cause Dotson at 4,400 against a giant secondary, that's been an absolute joke for the last, uh, I would say 16 weeks, but I want to say like 32 weeks. And, uh, I know he had 13 targets last week and he only had two receptions. He pulled a Zay Jones on us, but the guy, is a really really powerful receiver. They have nothing to play for. There's no reason he shouldn't be force fed the ball against a really really bad secondary, like I just mentioned. This is the future of their team. I think this is a really good spot for Dotson. He's my favorite play at that price point, but I don't mind playing Parker. Also assuming he does play, so a lot of low, a lot of low, uh, cheap, cheap wide receivers that I think have some potential, massive upside. It's just going to depend on how things break uh, and what we hear going forward. But as of right now, it's Dotson, Parker, and Lewis are probably the ones I'm most interested in.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that's that's it's a good point with Dotson. I mean, it's just that 12 targets and two receptions it might scare enough people off that they won't be on him. Closie, any thoughts on those guys? Any new thoughts? Any other low price guys? Go.
3: I mean, I like... I like the Dotson call more so than most of any of those guys. If John Jackson doesn't go like you had said, Godwin is the one that, that I want because you, you add two yards to him last week. He's got a 100-yard game, and if that big, long pass goes for a touchdown, which he's totally capable of, and he got looks in the red zone, it, you know, he's got a monster. And his price came up $1,000, so if I'm looking to save, I'd probably end up going with him. But, again, that's contingent on, just on Jackson being out. As far as uh Lewis uh, – that's the noise that I make for for uh, like I don't. I, I mean, sometimes
2: that's a good noise. So explain. <laughs>
3: yeah, well, that's not in this particular in this particular case. This is not the, I, I should realize you can't see my face. I gotta I, I can't because if you saw my face, you would know I meant bad bad uh, and not the good. Uh, it was a bad one. <laughs> um, just yeah, because like you said, he's getting the targets without doing anything. Within Eli's terrible. Like I, I'm not really looking to do that, and and I didn't watch Miami last week. Who, who is is Cutler more quarterbacking them right now? Doesn't it matter. Cutler. It's Cutler. Cutler. Okay, so it's still Cutler. So like, dude, he sucks. And like I understand that Parker's supposed to get the looks, and but eh, eh, I'm I'm not looking at either of those dudes. Like we talked about this before when you gave me the thing, and I was like, I feel like I'm gonna feel stupid because these aren't guys that I'm paying attention to really at all. Maybe my. I story. mean, the
2: main thing though, like something I forgot Paul should to mention is they're going against Kansas City. They're, I believe they're going against Kansas City. They're going to be resting all their starters. They already right. basically came out and said it. So I can't imagine they're going against a very good defense. And, I mean, still, Parker, there are a lot of – oh, wait, no, they're going versus Buffalo. Who's going versus Kansas City? Kansas City, Denver. Denver, Denver that was yeah. it. All right. Yeah, that was something else I was thinking about. Yeah, but, yeah, no, I understand. It's just something to keep, keep in mind going out through the course of the week that you can pay down a wide receiver – which leads us to our next reason why well, we here, might well,
3: here's the other thing, wait real quick, here's the other thing I want to say though. Uh, they're they're hanging on a prayer to make the playoffs Buffalo is for the wild card. Tennessee's eight and seven, Chargers are eight and seven, Buffalo's eight and seven. So unless the Chargers play Tennessee, I'm looking at this right now, do the Chargers play Tennessee in this week? They do not. So like they could all lose and then Buffalo wins and they take that last playoff spot, whereas Miami's I think Buffalo's gonna be playing hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's, well, it's, so they
2: play in the morning game too, and both Tennessee yeah. and the Chargers playing the late game. Yes. Yeah, so no matter so, what,
3: they got to play their hearts out. They're not going to have that letdown that we might have with like the Steelers and New England.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would be remiss though if I didn't bring up one other guy. I did forget to mention is Kenny Galladay. Uh, I know that uh, Killaby was mentioning it on a show Grant we were on with him earlier today. Kenny Galladay at thirty three hundred. Um, as, as a guy who has enough friends who are from Michigan that I have to watch a lot of Lions games, it's a, it's a guy who I think that is is probably going to get a really increased workload this week. I think they're going to see what they have. I think you are going <laughs> to see some more, uh, some more action heading his way against a really weak Green Bay secondary. And at 3,300, he had eight targets this last week. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a similar type of action this week uh, against a much worse secondary. <laughs> and uh, I think Galladay has got some upside at 3,300, so certainly someone to consider. Obviously, by the time this comes out, we might hear about other guys. And it's the one thing I want to make clear is that we're going to find out a lot of stuff Saturday, Sunday morning, that uh, is really important to pay attention to. And but as of right now, I think Galladay is going to be a really interesting play.
2: Yeah, and we also forgot to mention Guillermo Allison and Michael Clark, who may be oh, starting for Green Bay. Like Clark's a big, talented, physical. I think he's like six seven and runs a four five, something ridiculous like that. Maybe six five and runs a four five. But big, physical, fast wide receiver, and he's only mid price there too. So, I mean, there's a lot of places to pay down this week. I don't know how many of these guys actually offer safety outside of maybe Lewis just because you know 10 targets are coming his way. What he does with that is kind of irrelevant. But, yeah, there's there's a lot of low price wide receivers that could do some stuff this week. I don't know how heavily ownership's going to go on it. It's, again, it's Wednesday night right now, so we don't know. Um, but let's move on to another low price guy. The Rams have already said they're going to bench both Goff and Gurley. Sean Manyman Man Manion Man I don't know how to say his name. All I know is apparently he looks like draft cheat just looking at his picture right now. I could be alone in that, but <laughs> check it out. Look at, look at it, pull up it pull it up on DraftKings and you'll see what I'm talking about. He'll be starting, but he don't we don't know if Cup Uh, Woods or Watkins are going to get a full workload. And then what's his name? Brown uh, should get a pretty big workload at 3,900. They will be resting their left tackle and their center who both have injuries too. So, but this is another scenario where you have McVay, who's one of the best play callers coaches in the NFL from what he's done this year. Um, He can maybe be like Chip Kelly and put up big numbers with almost anyone in the offense So I wouldn't surprise me to see them put up points because they're not trying to lose this game. Like, he still wants to play to win. He just would rather have a lot of his players healthy. So, Bobby, any thoughts on Brown? Any thoughts on Cup, Woods, Sammy Watkins, and any thoughts on Manaman?
4: Yeah, and I'm probably going to get a little bit of crap from people for this. But first of all, I want to say the name, like, Guru Elite Mafia, Guru Elite, whatever the hell that is, is the – dumbest sounding thing I've ever heard in my life. I don't care who the hell you are, who who's offended by it. Go ahead, tweet me if you want to. I don't care. It just is so stupid sounding. We're playing DFS here, guys. This is not like some sort of like fancy, ridiculous thing, you lunatics. Anyway, whatever. I'm on. Uh, what was the question then? Because uh, I, I get a little tilted when I talk about some of those guys. So, can you remind me the question?
2: Um, any of the Rams guys? Are you interested in? <laughs>
4: I'm going to have to wait to see who's exactly playing. I'm not going to play Mannion. Uh, I think it's I'm, – I'm more interested in the other side of the ball on San Francisco side. I don't think – if I'm going to pay really way down at quarterback, I'm probably looking at Mahomes, even though I don't love the spot in Denver. I just think a lot of the player himself, and I think he's the future of the Chiefs. But as of right now, I don't think that I'm – Overly obsessed with the Rams. We did just find out the information that Gurley and, uh, you know, uh, Goff would not be playing. So I'm still trying to figure this one out. Uh, As of right now, I'm not overly interested in any of these guys. I think there's going to be better spots that open up. Uh, It might be in this game even. I just need to to dig a little deeper, I guess.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think out of all of them, the guy that interests me most is Brown because he's a good running back. I mean, if they can do well with a crap running back like Todd Gurley in the lineup, then I'm sure Brown can do something.
4: Whoa, whoa. You've got to stop <laughs> with Todd Gurley nonsense, bro. You've got to stop I with this. That, wh- wh- where does that come from? Did he, did he steal it's your goal or it. something? Like, what's his? Colosi, I'll fill you in. So, <laughs> to start the year, I said Todd Gurley was an elite running. I've been saying this for a couple of years, actually, and Grant's been going off on me about it and making fun of me when Gurley was putting up three yards per carry. Right Now, now he's going to finish the top five of the MVP voting, and he's legitimately been the best running back in football, not named Le'Veon Bell. So I don't understand why Grant will refuse to acknowledge it. I don't know if it's just stubbornness, if he's just trying to troll me. But Todd Gurley not being good at football is really uh, – it's not only a hot take, it's, it's, to me, a stupid take, Grant.
2: It was less stupid at the beginning of the season, and now it's just been more fun to mess with you. But I will admit he's a good running back. I don't know if I'm putting him in the top three, but I'll put him in the top four.
4: Oh, I love it. I love it. At least you got him in the top, like, 20, which is way way ahead of where you had him. And I told you this year I would take him over Zeke in a snap, in a heartbeat.
2: I mean, I was mostly that was arguing that, that Zeke was not that great. I just put him up there just to piss you off. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, no, Gurley, I mean, I wouldn't take him. If we were drafting running backs right now, I think there's three or four guys I'd go before him, maybe. But, yeah, he's he's de- he's definitely proved me pretty wrong. But I think a lot of it is the system. Like, he's still a very good running back, but you put Bell in that system or David Johnson in that system sure. or LaShawn McCoy in that system, I think they all do better, but that's probably about it. Can't do much better, but I agree with you. I was about you. to say
3: hard to do better. I was about to say hard to do better. He's yeah. in 55, 45, a couple 40 <laughs> 35, 32, one <laughs> week where you're like you – hate- Hated him because he scored you twenty one. Wow, what a dick! Like you know, what I mean, like it's yeah, it's, it's tough to do better.
4: Yep, I'm uh yeah, me and Colosi on the same page. I love it, Colosi. Welcome to the show. This is awesome. Yeah, we can yeah. bring up on Grant.
2: Um, Kelsey, any interest in Brown or anyone else?
3: I mean, I don't know. Eno- I don't know enough about about Brown. It's one of those things where it's it's week seventeen. Anything can happen. I get it. He's a starting running back. He's dirt cheap. He's in an offense that runs the ball well, but he's not. That doesn't make him the same guy. You know what I mean? I don't know anything about this quarterback. I mean, I'll read and I'll do more research and I'll listen to what the guys that know more than me have to say. But when I'm starting to build my lineups, I'm not going, you know what? I think I want to put in $20, $80 millionaire lineups. And I think I'm going to center that around the Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to (laughs) center that around Mannion. Yeah, yeah. $1,600 on Mannion. I can't see myself doing it in more than 5% of my lineups just because I listened to someone smarter than me that said, you might want to take a look at him, blah, blah, blah. But, like, other than that, that's my own devices. That guy wasn't on my radar until you opened
2: your mouth. Yeah, I mean, more of what I believe on it is just how good McVeigh is at running an offense, seeing the difference between last year with Fisher and this year with him. It's kind of a similar situation to when Mark Sanchez became the quarterback of the Eagles and he put up decent numbers. So, that that's more my thoughts than right. going up against a terrible San Francisco defense. Like, that, that, that's, that's my belief
3: in it. I said, and this is one time to shine. You know what I mean? Like, whenever someone gets an opportunity, they are going to be motivated. I mean, granted, he doesn't call the plays. But I guess if they're putting them out there and they don't need to win, they don't care. I guess they want to see what it is they got in the event of someone going down or this and that. So, I guess that's my question. Who do you think they're going to try to – I guess the game script.
4: There is a play in this game that we're ignoring that's the obvious play, and it's going to be the guy who who no one's going to be on, at least as of this moment. But by the end of the week, I'm guessing they will be, and it's Josh Reynolds. Josh Reynolds is a super talented receiver that's minimum cost for the Rams. And if they are going to rest their receivers as well, that's a guy I'm going to have take some shots on because I think there's massive upside if they sit, if they or at least limit Woods, Cup, Watkins, and why wouldn't they? if they're going to sit out their quarterback in
3: well, their to, well, So what about Higby then? Because I, I find these, these quarterbacks, they like to go to their tight ends when they're not sure. Well, there's
2: Higby, about. there's Austin, there's Cooper. Like, realistically, they have some guys that can do some stuff with the ball that are all min price in this offense. If Watkins, Cup, and Woods are all sitting out, one of these guys pretty much has to do something in a Sean McVay offense.
4: The I'll only difference be- is, is that, Josh Ren- that Reynolds is actually good he's actually got talent that's the biggest difference between him and the other guys for me and he's got he's got upside and like Higby to me would be like the Niners are decent against the tight end position they're still playing to win they want to keep Garoppolo's undefeated streak hey who knows how long that can keep going but uh I think this is going to be a game where San Francisco's playing from ahead they're throwing the ball I agree with Colosi's you know premise that they're you're going to be looking for the tight end and it's a safety blanket and all that but I still think Reynolds offers the most upside so as a tournament player he'd be the guy I'd be the most interested in here.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, we should probably move on. We spent a lot of time on this topic, although it warranted it. Uh, this will probably be less the Chiefs players. Mahomes, obviously, on a lot of people's radar just because of how good he was in college. Um, they might be resting Kelsey. They might be resting Hunt. They I don't know who else they would really rest, but it could be anyone. Uh, West and Mahomes are the two guys that are really popping on most people's radar because west is not an in-talented wide receiver untalented whatever talented wide receiver or running back um so he's only 4400 going up against denver defense that is obviously susceptible to the run in a lot of scenarios any interest in them or running it back with the denver defense on the other side with the cheapest they've been in years
3: Wait, real quick. I hate to step on this, but my mother came downstairs and she wants to say Merry, Merry Christmas again. Happy holidays. Go ahead, Ma. Oh, yes. Yeah, oh, okay. Merry Christmas is over, but well, uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, okay? New Year is coming. She came down. She's like, is it not? I can't see it. Is it not? Is it not on? Is it not? And I'm like, no, it's a podcast. <laughs> it's not live and it's not on right now, but it's it's going to be. Just don't bother me. And but, okay. So anyway, so we love you, Ma. Mama Colosi.
4: No, Ma Mama They Mama we love you. Uh, happy New Year. They say, they love you. <laughs> happy New Year and all that
2: Um,
1: Yeah, In
4: any case, Mahomes, West, Bobby, go. Uh, Mahomes, it's Mahomes, and the the defense for the, the Broncos is probably the better play. If this game was in KC, I'd feel better about playing Mahomes. I don't feel good about it. I feel like Denver tries to win this game. If you spend time in Denver, you understand this is a crazed football town, and these people actually, like, they take this stuff seriously even when it doesn't matter. So, I think Denver does try to bring their A game defensively. I think they play pretty much everybody, I'm guessing. So, as of right now, I that's the one thing keeping me off Mahomes. I'm Mahomes. I think that he is a I think he's the future, but I don't think that uh this is this is necessarily like the, I don't know, I'm sort of going back and forth on this. If I find out guys are resting and you have notes to leave or something like that, maybe I'm looking there, but Otherwise, I'm probably mostly looking at the Denver defense.
2: Yeah, and I mean, one thought on my mind is that I don't really need to pay down at quarterback when you got Russell playing for something, you got Brady playing pay, playing for something, you got Cam playing for something. Like I think I'd rather pay up at quarterback this week because there's so much better value in other spots. Colosi, you got any interest in these guys?
3: I I'd maybe play Charcandrick West just because he I like the way he runs. I always have. The only reason you can't play him is because of hunt. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I play i play i play Sharkhandrick. I I can absolutely see him getting the workload, getting a screen pass, and taking it forty yards for a touchdown. I mean it's it's in the realm of possibilities. I don't think it's crazy. The other guys, not, eh, not so much. But Sharkandrick, the more and more here you guys talking about Sharkhandrick, the more and more I think I want to go. What with. about the other hunt?
4: What if the other hunt Kolosi, gets the gets the carries? You mean the other West? Oh, Akeem Hunt. Yeah. Akeem Hunt? I, I mean, okay. Because if, if you're going to rest up for the playoffs, like Chark is still involved enough in the game that I feel like maybe they they don't even give him – I don't know. I'm just – I'm curious to see what Casey ends up doing. And I just think that maybe Akeem Hunt is like a – just way off the board. Maybe no, we- right,
3: but it, it definitely needs merit. If you're going to like White, you can't not consider that. So I'm with you.
2: Yeah, plus one thing to keep in mind is if West is the – if they declare West the starter or Hunt the starter, West is the third back down back. And so he does a lot of the receiving game, which a new quarterback is going to dump off to a good wide or a good yep. receiving back way more often than a normal good quarterback. And with Denver's defense being so stacked in the secondary and having a good pass rush, he could see a whole lot more
4: dump offs than would normally happen.
3: Well, tell me that forty-yard screen's coming. It's on
4: layaway. Bank. All right, but in, I'm putting on uh, my list now. You just you talked me into Chuck. Nice. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to the next one. Um, there are a lot of teams
2: – NFL, by the way, great job scheduling. Like, all the games are happening simultaneously that have playoff connotations in it. So we have the first one, or the first set that I'm talking about, is New England at Pitt. Both of them are 13 or more point favorites. Well, so, not, New
3: England, not New England at Pitt. Don't confuse them. New England and Pitt.
2: Yeah, so New England's <laughs> facing a terrible Jets D or team. Pittsburgh's facing – the worst team in the league this year Thank in Cleveland. Can. Both of them are 13-point favorites. Like, if they're playing for something, Bell could be a great play in this game. Juju, Roethlisberger, Bryant could all be a great play in the pit game. New England, like, any one of them can go off for a big game. Lewis could go off for a big game. Gilsley. Like, all these guys are promising, but there's a decent chance that it's just a complete blowout by halftime. And most of the Stars – the Stars don't play most of the second half. So, are you going to play – anyone from either of these games on the New England or Pittsburgh side, Bobby? Oh.
4: Which one of us? Okay, Colosie. You start. Well,
3: because well, I'm preparing my Pittsburgh Steelers. I wanted to jump in and take this one because I do have thoughts about this. It, it's all predicated – obviously, I think you, you kind of alluded to that. It's all predicated on where – where is this uh, – when does New England play? They both play where at 1 or 425 Eastern right, okay. time. So, right. So it's all predicated on this New England game. Now, here, now here's what I'll say. I will say that for whatever reason, I've seen the Jets give New England a run for their money a few times in my in my football life. <laughs> they just, I they, sometimes I don't even want to say sometimes. I feel like a lot of times they make it they make it competitive, and you're like, how that happen? And you're like, ah, you know, whatever, right? So I'm not saying that they're going to lose that game. I'm not. But if that game's not in hand, you know what I mean? They're not benching anybody in Pittsburgh. Like Pittsburgh's going to play. So that's the one thing that I'm struggling with because if that game's not in hand and it's not like uh, at the halftime, New England is 28 to three, which this is NFL. People love playing spoiler. They, lo- I mean, it's a, like I might play some Pittsburgh guys because I think maybe New England they still win, but they can't go. We got to take the, the pedal off the metal, no matter how much they're up or whatever. They need their stars. They're going to need that buy. They want to secure buy the seed, the home field, all that.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I—I I mean, the problem is that Le'Veon Bell's 10K. Um, the other, the wide receivers are priced up. Roethlisberger is priced up. I mean, it, it makes it's, more it's, of a. And
3: it's, it, it's a division game. It's a division game too, but for for you know for both. But I'm saying Cleveland and Pittsburgh. I, I've watched. I'm a Pittsburgh fan. I've watched enough games to watch Pittsburgh run over them and also play down in their competition. And they've seen each other enough times, and they can't stand each other, and there's all that bad blood, like. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't know. I feel like there's the fix. I feel like something's up. Something's fit. You smell that? You smell that? Something's fishy here. I'm telling you something's fishy.
2: Yeah. I mean, Pittsburgh only won by three points when they played in week one. And obviously Cleveland has probably gotten better since then. Like Pittsburgh can really blow it in almost any situation. Um, yeah. It makes good points. I still don't think I'm going there. Although it, it has merit because they're going to come in at super low ownership because a lot of people are worried about that and the prices are so high. It, there is merit to like having an afternoon only team and kind of seeing where the scores are at and if anyone's blown up and going off the radar if like the one or two guys you had in the early games just completely suck and moving to low owned Pittsburgh or low owned New England who obviously had massive upside but may or may not be playing the full game. Bobby, what do you think?
4: Uh yeah I think I actually agree with Colosi's point entirely. I think they are going to play it all out. I think I mean, it's just don't get cute, play Le'Veon. on. Everybody even at 10k at the overprice with the value that's going to open up, I do think that they're going I mean they're going to try to win this game and even if it's a, what even if the Patriots are up by two touchdowns at halftime and and Pittsburgh's up by two touchdowns at halftime, they're still going to try and close out right, the game. Right.
3: The the Patriots would have to be up. It would have to be thirty-five to nothing at the start yep. of the half before maybe they're like, Okay, let's not hurt our guys. They're gonna win. We can't get it anyway. But I mean, that's such a specific scenario. That means Brady needs to not throw one of his touchdowns he's been or one of his interceptions he's been throwing, you know, all week or to change the field position and make it a little tough. There's so many scenarios where I can see the Jets giving New England a tough time and Cleveland giving Pittsburgh a tough time. That I like playing both these. I think here, here you go. Siege in the, the the show, the recaps. Here's a hot take for you. GPP winner. You take some people from the Jets. You stack Pittsburgh and some, you know, like like Gronk. That's what you do.
2: Yeah, I guess that's a good call. To correlate. Um, if you're gonna play Pitt players, it becomes a game stack with the Jets, and if you the play New England players, it becomes a game stack with Cleveland. Like that's a weird game stack where. They do actually highly correlate because if the teams are if the games are close, then that means the other people are going to play. And blah 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 and whatnot.
4: Absolutely, and I, I actually think that's. I mean, it's 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 a weird way of looking at it, but I agree with you. And I think that one thing that we're missing is on the other side, like Josh Gordon is so obvious at fifty eight hundred, um, the best player in the NFL. Yep, it, you have a top a top five wide receiver at fifty eight hundred. I know that he's burned top a lot two. of people.
2: top number one healthy wide receiver.
4: Yeah, okay. Hey, whatever you want to call him. This guy, uh, even with Kaiser throwing him the ball, that you're talking about like one big play in addition to his normal workload. Yeah,
3: Pittsburgh will give it up. Pittsburgh will give up that play.
4: Yep. Yeah, look what they did
2: against Flacco two weeks ago.
4: In fact, even if Pittsburgh's if pitchers up 35 nothing at halftime, Gordon, that makes me like Gordon even better, even if he's got a big old zero at halftime. You right. could still end up with 100 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, this guy at 5,800 is going to be overlooked, and I think that he's, uh, he's probably the guy I'm most interested in, in this game. Yeah,
2: yeah, I agree. Uh, anything else, guys, or we move on?
3: This is great. I'm building a lineup right now. As we're Yeah,
2: we generally me and Bobby are both building lineups during these shows every time. Because we realize how, how many things you will probably be off of later on in the week that you just need to deal with earlier on in the week. But we have another type of scenario. This one, obviously, the game should not be blowouts. Maybe the New Orleans game. The New Orleans playing Tampa Bay. Carolina's playing Atlanta. Atlanta's playing for something. Tampa Bay probably has pride issues and wants to win against New Orleans, but they're both playing at the same time. If I think New Orleans has the lead, I think they have the tiebreaker. So, if they both win, I think New Orleans gets the first seed. Carolina gets the two seed.
3: You know what, I can actually – I'll look that up because
2: I, I was – Yeah,
4: the look it up.
2: But this is a game – yeah, you look it up. Uh, this is a game where there's a lot of interesting pieces. Obviously, both the running backs in New Orleans, um, Thomas uh, Evans is probably not going to be that great. But Godwin, Barber, if people have interest in them. Like, both sides of both games, there's a lot of interest. Whether Jones going up against Carolina that's not great versus wide receivers – are you going to deal with this as if, like, you're not worried about neither one, either one of them resting players? Or are you going to, like, keep that in mind and kind of shy away from it a little bit more than you would just if they, there was generally
4: nothing else to worry about? What do you think, Bobby? Um, I don't know, man. I, it's, I'm all about Kamara. But on the Tampa Bay side, I'm having trouble. I'm not going to take anybody against Lattimore because it's just silly. At this point, we understand he shut down pretty much everybody, even though Julio had a nice game last week when they force fed him the ball. I think it's reaching. I don't know the, I don't know who to run it back with, except for maybe, and I hate to say this name, but it would be Barber. At 3,900, that's probably where my most interest would lie, hoping he gets a lot of targets out of the backfield, which we've seen at times him get a a, a small number. He's getting two to four. Not nothing exciting. But that's probably the most side, of, the most of it for me. Kamara is the most interesting play in this game. Not obsessed with the Tampa Bay side of it, although I do think they'll come to play. I just can't figure out who to target. Brait, they are too good against tight ends for me. Don't to care. I
2: just, the best tight end on the board this weekend.
4: All right, I totally disagree with you. But you said that last week as well, and uh, you were wrong there. But um, oh, but think... I
2: switched over to Gates when Hunter was out.
4: Okay, well, you made a great call for your own lineups, but initially you still said Brait was a great play, and I well, I, I use
2: fifty percent Brait, fifty percent Gates. Okay, so
4: I, my I tight this. ends
2: average double digit points. I got the
3: Saints uh, stuff or whatever. And so if they lose and they go as the if they lose, Panthers win and they lose the division, but they go in as the wild card.
2: Yeah, they both go to the playoffs, but the right. the the Saints hold the tiebreaker. So if they win, they're the they win the division no matter what. Right. Um. Yep. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, I um, I already said Godwin. If, if, if Jackson plays, Jackson's the play. If Jackson doesn't play, Godwin's the play. Brait's a great play regardless. I don't care. He's still one of the best tight ends in the league. And Winston loves to throw to his tight end, and he doesn't have Howard there anymore. Um, Atlanta, I think Julio's a great play. I love Newton. Um, I think McCaffrey's an all right play. Uh, Atlanta throws or forces opposing offenses to throw a lot to the running back. So that's my thoughts. Uh close are you looking at these guys? Are you gonna treat this game any different than as if they weren't as if it was just a normal week?
3: I have I have a song for you. Would you like to hear it? Yes.
2: Kamara,
3: Kamara, I love ya, Kamara, you're only a T D away. Kamara. <laughs>
4: I'm with you completely on that. I did. I didn't realize Grant we were talking about both games. I completely agree about Julio Jones. I thought that was a great song. By the way, who know who knew Colosi could sing?
2: I, I, I figured he's he's got weird musical talent.
4: You guys both have weird like skills at things that most people don't even know are. I don't know. It's it's it's. Yeah, I can ride a mean bull. I went over the
3: top Broadway with it. I figured that was appropriate. I could have hit you with like an R&B. Tomorrow, tomorrow. It wasn't
4: even pitchy or anything. It sounded really good.
3: Tomorrow you're only a
2: day away.
4: You know what? You can have the kind of voice that I can hear in Disney
2: movies.
3: That's what I do. I can show you the world. Shining, <laughs> shimmering, splendid. Tell me, Bobby. Now, when did you last let your heart decide? <laughs> there you oh go. Uh, I was,
2: was not expecting that. Guys. I was expecting me to be yeah, the man. one that broke out in Disney music.
3: That wasn't great. <laughs> it wasn't great. You know, I wasn't warmed up, guys. But I, I get. It was I, still.
2: I, I ended up singing Disney at karaoke, and I am fairly tone deaf, so <laughs> it rarely ever. Uh, goes well by the way Bobby do we know who lost bold calls last week I'm gonna guess it was you but I have no no idea who do do you remember who you picked no Parker we picked low low priced wide receiver he had Parker I had uh what's his nuts uh Lewis so if you, I, 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 would
4: have, I would have had Lewis. Lewis I had everywhere. No, you said
2: you talked about having him, but I was the one that brought it up, and I was
4: one that Oh, to in about. that case, I had Bird, because those were the only three guys I played, so I would have won. I would have beat you, so I think you would have lost there. Yeah, that's it, it, did that's Bird?
1: It. Yeah, that's Bird it. had a
4: touchdown. He had a, he had a kickoff return for touchdown before he got hurt. Um, week 16, he got 10 points.
2: Yep. I think, let's see, what did Lewis get? Um, hey. So you can think of, or, Colosi, you Yo. seem like the most logical person. Have you, do you, have you heard of our tweets or consequences game? No, please. Uh, so please we pick push. a bold call every week, and the loser has to tweet out whatever the other Grant. person. Huh?
4: Grant, did we lose you? Can you not hear me? Oh, we might have lost Grant. We actually lost our host here, Colosi, and that's just me and you talking?
3: Yeah, I think it might just be – but here's the thing, though. So
2: I still have – oh, you know.
4: Can you hear me now?
2: Well, we got we you now.
4: Okay.
2: I yeah, I don't, say, I, know, be- I don't know why I could hear you that entire time, but – you guys yeah. couldn't hear me, but yeah, no. Basically, it's uh, we make a bold call. Whoever loses it has to tweet out. Normally, something of my picking. And the last six weeks, it's basically been about tickle fights with Siege, and it gets real down and dirty, um, real, real, real bad. I don't know. I, 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 you can go read them sometime, but they're generally not good. Uh, but in any case, yeah. If you want, you can pick something out for me to tweet. Uh, Hopefully before the end of the show. If not, then, you know what? We we had a hashtag of Tickle Siege at the end, so maybe they'll know. But you get to pick it this week, and you can participate in our bold calls this week.
3: Okay, so it's going to be a bold call, and then I got to tweet some.
2: I mean, we'll figure it out at the end of the show. It's not time for that. Yeah, we should probably (laughs) keep going. We've we've talked a lot about a lot of things. Uh, Next one, this isn't really fantasy-related, but I guess it is uh garoppolo so i i think i was listening to coward this week and he was talking about how belichick wanted to keep garoppolo and that Kraft wanted to, and he wanted to ship off brady um <laughs> belichick but he,
4: wanted ship, he wanted to ship off brady is that, is that a real thing he wanted yeah. to trade brady
2: yeah they were talking about that he wanted to trade brady because he believed garoppolo's the future and he could get a bunch of brady and keep garoppolo on and belichick believes pretty much anyone can work in his system I've
4: and heard Kram's a lot like, of no. scenarios. I've never heard the trading Brady scenario. That's, you don't. That's you don't trade me. the greatest. You don't do that. No. That's First not. of all, both me and you are on the page. Where, all right. are you still on the
2: Manning's the greatest
4: page? I still. Th- I think Peyton Manning is the greatest. Yeah, I hate to say this uh, right now because it's hard to argue against the numbers with with uh, Brady. But I do think that Peyton Manning was the greatest quarterback that I've ever seen. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and Brady are a really close second.
2: Yeah, I think if either of them were on the Patriots, that they would have won more Super Bowls and would have done significantly better. Because I'm starting to believe more and more that Belichick just really is the greatest coach of all time. And I hate he is. he is. Yeah, like I'm talking any sport.
4: But they're not mutually exclusive. Like Brady is still like, what else could he have done? They couldn't have done that much significantly better. Like yeah.
3: he, he'd How been great He's a great baseball coach. It's easier to cheat.
4: I mean,
2: yeah, 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 I don't know. Um, But, yeah, I mean, just the two Super Bowls they lost to the Giants, they didn't score a whole lot of points. I think Manning could have done better there. Um, In the earlier years, if he would have had Peyton instead of Brady, then I think Peyton's just abilities – because they had a great defense. It would have been essentially just a top team by far. I think they could have gone undefeated this season. I don't know. I just – I think that Manning's a better quarterback by a decent margin and he's the would, greatest quarterback of all time, and he could have done better in, in Belichick's offense. But in any case, Garoppolo
4: – I don't agree about the Belichicks. I just want to – because I want to make this clear before I get a bunch of stuff on Twitter tomorrow. Um, I want to make it clear that Manning – I don't agree necessarily for Belichick's offense. I think Manning runs his own offense. He's an right. offensive coordinator slash quarterback. So I don't know that he would have done better. But as far as what he, what he did while he was a quarterback – and forget the last Super Bowl in Denver. It was sort of like Elway getting those two at the end that made us consider Elway one of the greatest ever when he was the guy who always couldn't win one. These, that, that wasn't – we didn't see the best of Man- – the best of Manning was in his early days, and his defense didn't – Not when to- he
2: said, put, what did, what, 55 touchdowns?
4: No, no, I'm talking about at the very end of, of Manning's career when he, when he literally could barely throw the ball 10 yards. Oh, yeah, his last Super Bowl was not bells. his at
1: all. Yeah, like when he was bells? playing to Owen Daniels.
4: What is that bell? I hear uh, bells. There's a bridge opening up on my side. I'm gonna mute my thing so you guys talk for a minute. <laughs>
3: okay, I'm listening uh, to bells and I'm like, What is going
4: on? Yeah, that's Bobby. You know, that, pretty much every week in this podcast,
2: there's there's some weird noises. But Garoppolo, <laughs> uh, you got an interest from this week? Do you think that he is going to be just an absolute star quarterback that San Francisco got the way, way, way better into that that New England realistically shifts? Shipped off Brady, but mostly just do you have any interest in him this week going up against the Rams? Still have a good D, but they might be sitting a lot of players.
3: I like starting running backs against uh, the Rams. They've been bad. I mean, every time I've started running backs against the Rams, it's always worked out very, very well for me all season. Um. As oh. far as- as far as Garoppolo is concerned with the ridiculous Brady take, if that really was a rumor, that's just, that's, that's ridiculous. But I, I don't think, I think you let Brady play until he's done playing. He's like, I don't want to play anymore. Cause even if he's terrible, it almost doesn't matter. He puts butts in the seats. And it's all about making money. So even if you have to lose a season, cause he's like on his way out and it's sad, that'll still create buzz. People will come out to watch old Brady try to do it. So like you never get rid of Brady.
2: Well, I, mean, I mean, but if they're winning the division, they're still going to get the butts in the seats like Garoppolo Realistically, has one of the best win percentages of any QB ever. I think he's six and zero or four and zero, whatever he is. He yeah, hasn't which lost a game ever. I don't think as a starting quarterback.
3: Which is why I think they shouldn't have let him go. I think they should have just kept him there and kept. Well, that, him. it's after this year they
2: had to sign him to a new contract, and he's not going to stay on a team that you know is going to not let him play for two more years. Yeah, so, but that,
3: right. So, and I, and I, I understand that, but I, I, I would have, I would have. I'm getting, I'm getting. Currently, right now. The best quarterback, all this knowledge, all those rings, all those whatever, and 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 the franchise itself. You're in New England. You're you're in New England playing for the best football team maybe ever, and you're like, "Uh, I'm not gonna no sign me for just the two years, and then we'll we'll re up my contract when I actually start or whatever. But yeah, I would want to stay there. I do think he's a great quarterback, and I would start him this week. Is the other answer the short answer? All
4: right, Bobby. I would start him uh, first of all. If this was a jawline competition, I think that Brady and Garoppolo would be like one and 1A in one A and like. Mm. Okay, now McCown, first of all, is number one. Oh, oh, you're so right. I totally missed out on McCown. I, I, I've, I've talked good. about this like 13 times in the past. I know, two years. I know, I know, I know. It's short memory, I guess. But Garoppolo, uh, these okay, fine. Let's just say best looking then, Garoppolo. And no, Brady.
2: Edelman's more handsome than both of them. They both acknowledge. He's
4: quarterback. This. He's not a quarterback, and he's like five feet tall. I he's, find he's, myself he's partial five
3: foot to eleven. I'm partial to Gronk's boyish charm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, well I feel
2: like if me and you were a football player we'd probably end up being Gronk.
3: I have a poster
4: of Gronk shirtless on my ceiling. Is that weird?
2: I mean it'd be weird if I didn't.
4: I feel like we're going back to the beginning of the show where Colosi was talking about if your best friend's dying wish was to make <laughs> out. <laughs> so we're we're learning a lot about Colosi on this show. This should be called We're learning like, he's a good
2: friend and he loves Gronk. <laughs>
4: Oh, man. Uh, But, yes, playing Garoppolo, to me, makes perfect sense this week. I actually think a lot of Garoppolo, but I think this this over-love is ridiculous. And one thing is I'm not going to – none of us have ever made money questioning what the Patriots front office has done because every time they do something that looks foolish, it always works out in their favor. I hate the Patriots, and with JM gone, I can actually say that. These New England fans, these Boston fans, they have this weird sense of entitlement. They think that they're the new New York. It's disgusting, this over-the-top, like – better than now, holier than now. I don't know. It drives me nuts. Brady's the
3: best ever with the Patriots. We're going to the Super Bowl every year. The Super Bowl. Brady, book it.
4: Yeah, it's Brady and Garoppolo are the best two quarterbacks in the NFL the last 10 years. Okay. Okay, guys. What about Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL. He just doesn't happen to be playing right now. But Garoppolo this week as a play, yes, play him. But play the guy beneath him just a little bit in price. Play Phillip Rivers over him uh, every every day.
2: Filthy, Phil. All right, all right. now we should probably get some normal DFS stuff. There's obviously a lot of teams that are not playing for anything, and that, but they haven't been playing for anything for like seven weeks. Obviously, San Fran's one of them, but they're playing for fun and to see what Garoppolo can do. Uh, Houston, going against Indy is the game that I guess we should probably just go straight into Love at First Sight, which one of the main games that I really was interested in today, which we haven't even talked about yet is Houston against Indy. Hilton obviously destroyed Houston the last time they played, 175 yards, two tuds. Um, Houston, obviously Hopkins gets a great matchup. He's going to see targets. Doyle, Houston is one of the worst teams in the league in terms of target percentage to tight ends. So, to me, like, some of my favorite plays, Brissett I think is a good play because he's playing maybe his last game for Indy if Luck and stay healthy. Um, Doyle is a guy that can get a whole high volume of targets. He had 10 last week. We've seen huge games from him before. We've seen him being one of the highest scoring players on the entire board. Same with Hilton. Uh, I think it's a good double stack, and neither of these guys are priced where they should be. And then Hopkins, obviously, just on the other side. So that's my favorite game of the week or so far. That was the one that initially caught my eye. Uh, closely. by the way, you're going to have to figure one of these out, but you can say one we've already had. Uh, Bobby, you got any love at first sight here?
4: You nailed the first love at first sight. I mean, I don't even know how to stack another one other than – I mean, I think people are going to be tempted for the Carolina-Atlanta game. I think it's a little bit of a mistake. It could play a little slower than people think. I, I, I still think I'm going to have pieces of it. I'm I'm obsessed with Julio this week, but I, I don't know how Houston and Indy is not the best game to stack, and I really don't see myself completely committing to another stack. I think I'm just going to find – This game, stack stack this game, and then just figure everything else out with uh, ancillary parts everywhere else. Yeah,
2: well, I mean, I don't think many people are going to be on it either because I'm pretty sure the over-under of the game is, what, eight points higher than the Patriots' implied team total. And I think people are – like, a lot of the DFS community, especially in football more than anything, doesn't know that much. They just play it strictly for fun. So you might see a large ownership – on these guys in the higher buy-in tournaments, the lower buy-in tournaments. I think these guys are going to go way under on. Colosi, do you have a game that st- stood out to you at the beginning of the week or during the show, or really anything, and what do you think of our two?
3: I, I like both of you were just fine. I like the Houston-Indianapolis uh, game. I, I have – oh, man, I've talked myself out of DeAndre Hopkins so many times, and I've watched him not – I've watched him almost bust so Many times, and but he just always gets that. Never does (laughs) that late. He does an acrobatic spin andrew, and he gets the ball, and he touched down. You're like that's not a touchdown. Then you see it, and you're like, holy shit, that was a touchdown. So I, 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 I I, I love DeAndre Hopkins. I got to play DeAndre
2: Hopkins. Where Bobby, where would you rank Hopkins for wide receivers in the NFL?
4: In terms of his skill set, like as an actual receiver, if you're starting a team, or in terms of the offense he's running and the, the option, like what are we talking just about? Just how here?
2: good of a wide receiver is he? Uh, is he ahead of Jones or no. OBJ?
4: No. But, well, but, but hang on. But with OBJ, OBJ, because of his, his head case, it, what, him being such a head case, maybe you can make that conversation argument, but it's it's going to seem really silly next year when OBJ has like an absolutely massive, like, 2000 yard season or whatever I mean the guy's upside is ridiculous and I don't know if I want to start betting against OBJ so I have it Brown uh Jones OBJ then Hopkins probably then Michael Thomas and Keenan Allen sixth you you've, you've got see. to put Josh Gordon at number two but I think what oh, is- I did forget Josh Gordon so we'll drop Keenan Allen back and we'll drop Michael Thomas back that's what I would do but I think he's
2: asking
3: raw, raw like talent or whatever as his ability to catch the because we have not seen a good. He hasn't had a quarterback throwing him the ball ever. You know what I mean? Uh, I think he had.
2: What was it? Did he have Schaub throwing? Or that was Andre Johnson?
3: No, I know no, no, he, he had. I think he had Schaub for like a little bit. But even though Shab wasn't the greatest thing, the like he's never had. When you think about those five, six quarterbacks who are like incredible. Like you put him on on any other team with a consistent quarterback that can get you the ball. Put him on a Green Bay. Put him on a Pittsburgh. Put him on a New England. He, I think he's. I think he's a top he's easily a top two receiver in the league right now.
2: I really do. I think a Thank lot you, of people- Closey. I just I'm happy someone else is on my side. I mentioned it a few weeks ago and Bobby just I think Bobby and Kelly B both just shot me down immediately.
4: You're wrong. You're just wrong because, I mean, it's, it's like saying Jarvis Landry. I mean, he doesn't have anybody throwing the ball either, but when you're running like four-yard out routes and you're getting 17 targets a game, it makes your numbers look a lot better than you actually are as a, in terms of skill. When you actually have more talent around you, it actually is harder to put up those kind of numbers. What's crazy about Antonio Brown is you can put him in triple coverage and he's still going to yeah, find yeah. a way to get there. Julio Jones is legitimately – even on a, in a down year – Julio Jones is legitimately the guy who's going to have the career that we're going to go, okay, he's a top 10 receiver of all time. Antonio Brown has got a shot to be top three of all time. And OBJ has a, t- a chance to be there. I don't see Hopkins having that same upside, but I do think he's maybe, maybe top 10, but I don't think. I think,
3: the, I I think, think that's, that's a top function top. of the team. I think it's a function of the team and, and, and who's throwing the ball. That we'll
4: see, but th- I think partly that function is, is what's helping him. I mean, you bring these guys in and these, all these nothing quarterbacks and they're throwing you the ball 17 times to their best player. And all of a sudden, your numbers get padded. I do think Hopkins is a terrific receiver, but it is a different situation when you're playing on teams that are actually contending, competing, and guys who are getting double and triple teamed and still finding a way to get there. And and not that Hopkins is not one of those guys. But I wonder how many picks have I should look this up. I wonder how many picks have been thrown and balls thrown to Hopkins versus Brown, Jones, and OBJ. It's I going would, to be
2: higher because he's had a terrible quarterback. Look at the numbers that he put, put up with Deshaun Watson
4: and the quarterback. They're forced- they're force feeding him the ball, though. That's what I'm saying. It's a lot easier to put up these. You th- not think they're
2: force feeding Antonio
4: Brown? They don't need to force feed Antonio Brown. He finds a way to get open all the time. They don't throw picks to Antonio Brown's side. He snatches everything.
2: So in the six games or seven games that Watson played, I think that Hopkins had a t- average a touchdown per game and over 100 yards receiving. First
4: of all, I've been the guy who was – last year when we did our show, I was the one who was screaming about Hopkins and how great he was and how, he, how everyone was overlooking him all the time. So I don't think Hopkins is a bad receiver. I love him as a receiver. I just don't think – I think it's Brown, Jones, OBJ, and then Hopkins. That's just my personal take. I could be wrong. That's where I'm standing, though. I'm not going to change my opinion today.
2: Yeah, well, I was just getting that out there. We've, we've gone on a lot of tangents to the shows. Uh, that's, that's pretty much it. Is there anything that we forgot to talk about?
4: We forgot to talk about the fact that it might be – if it really might be Larry Fitzgerald's last game, that yeah. is a guy who uh, we could talk about as being one of the great underrated receivers of all time. And I just want to say, like, that guy – nobody has ever talked about this guy, and he deserves all the credit in the world because he's never had anybody throwing him the ball either. I mean, yeah, Carson uh, – like,
2: Kurt Warner. Don't Very take clearly, Curry. Kurt Warner. Carson Palmer was in the MVP conversation. He's had great quarterbacks, but he's mm-hmm. also been one of the best wide receivers for most of his career.
4: It doesn't matter who's throwing the ball. Larry Fitzgerald, is never his numbers have never changed. Nothing's ever changed. And they don't throw picks to his side. He can run every kind of route possible. He has the best hands of probably any of these guys not named Antonio. I Yeah, maybe even better. Yeah, he's got better hands
2: than Antonio, but –
4: yeah, I would say Fitz Fitzy is uh, – I just feel like – I really hope it's not his last game. I've been hearing that talk a lot lately. I don't know why it would be. The guy's still at the top of his game. So if he's leaving, one of the true class guys in the NFL and uh, a guy you should probably look at playing this week. But uh, that's the only other thought I had here. Yeah, yeah.
2: All right. Uh, what do you guys want to do for bold calls? So, I mean, generally, generally figure out something throughout the course of the podcast. But I don't think we've really, – I mean, I'm fine with doing tight end – do you have a tight end that you really love this week, Kolosi? I mean, it's Gronkowski, so that's not exactly bold. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking in the mid tier. Is there any mid tier guys? Because I kind of want to go with Bray, or we can do something
4: else. We can go low price wide receivers. Uh, whatever, whatever you want to do, I'm cool yeah, with. But I've got one ready for each. All right, Klose,
2: you pick something.
4: I pick something. You throw. Yeah, it's got to be
2: semi bold, but we do basically point per dollar. Pick pick a player at pretty much. Any price or any position, not named Gronk.
3: Mm, can
4: I have Shrek request? West? Yeah. All right. So we'll go low price running backs. I'll go with Brown. I, I yeah, it's weird because running back is. I, I just want to say I don't think that that should be your goal to pay down. And this is not exactly paying down, but we're doing p- point per dollar. I'm going to say Jamal Williams is going to go absolutely nuts against Detroit this week.
2: Yeah, that's a little bit less bulldog. Give that there's not really another low priced wide receiver. Did we mention any other ones during the podcast?
4: Any, I mean, low running backs. We yeah. didn't. But there aren't. There aren't really any other guys that like stand crazy out. Like it's weird to see Devontae Freeman's price at fifty six hundred. G- Giovanni Bernard could get the workload, but actually, we don't even know who's going to be running the ball over there. So, yeah. at this moment, I think those are pretty much the guys we're looking at. Um,
3: is, is Darkwall running for the Giants
2: still? I mean, I think it's Gallman's offense now. Uh-huh. It's also forty two. <laughs> I mean, it's Gallman's offense, and by that I mean. That he's
4: the one in the backfield that's not doing well. That's a sad world there. we live in whenever it's Wayne Gallman's offense.
2: Yeah. All right. Uh, Bobby, last thoughts before we get out of here.
4: Enjoy doing the show with you guys. It's a little bit sped up, totally a different format. I think we do need to do an NBA show or figure out something together because I love hanging out with you guys. Um, miss JM tonight. And uh, really thanks to everyone who listened all year long and really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun and, Look forward to next year and stay tuned for basketball, baseball. Hopefully we'll get one going. Um Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah, let guys.
2: You know, let us know what you thought about this, having Colosi on. If you say a bad word about JM, I will hunt you down because you cannot do that. But you can say good things to, about Bobby or Colosi. You can say bad things about me if you want. I don't care. Uh Colosi, generally I have weird thoughts at the end, but since I've taken JM's role, I'm not. Uh Any last-minute weird weird thoughts?
3: No, no, we're thoughts. I had a good time. I just realized this is the last show of this for the year, isn't it? It's weird that we generally do the
2: playoffs sometimes, but oh,
3: okay, well, good. I hope so. Cause I would hate to think that the people you've been with all year that he's gone for his last show. So, uh, we missed you, J.M. I, I, you know, I guess, well, technically did I miss him?
2: Cause I got to be on the show. <laughs> I mean, you miss, you, you technically missed him every single week,
3: but <laughs> every, week, every week I missed him. So I don't, I don't miss him, I guess. Yeah. So, But I miss you. You know what I mean? That's my final weird thought is a, a roundabout insult. I didn't mean to. I, I meant to say complimentary things. It's coming out wrong. It's coming out wrong.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah we also had that conversation with my family during the week. That was, that was real strange.
4: <laughs> oh, my God. I'm talking with these weird twins over here. That's it. JM. Wait, I, no, I, so, okay, sorry. Go on. Twins. Oh, yes. yes we the four-man pod, by the way, with JM, so at least he can understand what it's like to work with you.: Oh, two- you're calling
2: us twins. I thought you were actually talking with twins.
4: Oh. No, no, no. You guys are the twins. I wish guys. I was talking to some twins, other than you guys. Yeah, we both perked up though. We were like, "Wait, twins? What are the twins walking by?" What? Are- I, I,
2: I, I, I've got weird, weird things with twins. Twins. If they're women, I love them. If they're men, it just seems like. Like a fun, fun set of friends to have because you know what? If one of them's busy doing something, I have the same exact friend kind of close. <laughs>
3: uh, right? No, wait, see, this is something that we could talk about if we had a show, like a show that didn't have to. Yeah, I, I would love to dive into this more, but we're at the end of the show. I agree. I agree.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, we got to get out of here. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully, we'll be back next week. Hopefully JM will be here, too. I had a good time. Bobby, I believe, had a good time. And loved having Pelosi here. So good luck, everyone, and we'll see you at the top of the leaderboards.
0: See you, kids!